All right. So now we're going to go ahead and welcome Pastor Kennedy Hilario. Mr. Kennedy, come up here. Welcome, Pastor. Welcome him up here. Excited. All right. Can you hear me? Okay. So um, good morning, church. Good morning, brothers and good morning, sisters. Um, today we have a great message, but first, the first thing I want to do is um, I'm always inspired by the worship team, by the leader, by the players. So I just want, you know, let's just, let's just give them a, a big hand. <laughs> All right, so the message today is going to be about love, but the first thing I want to do is just an opening prayer. So let's just bow our heads, close our eyes. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the thoughts of all the hearts in this church be acceptable in your, in your sight, Father God. Lord, you are our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, so today we're going to talk about love in action and what it really means to love. So let's look at this Bible verse that we all are very familiar with. It's John 13, 34, 35. And this is a Bible verse that we all have seen, and it seems very simple, but it is anything but simple. A new command I give you. So I start off right away with something really different. A new command. How many times in the Bible does Jesus go around giving us commands? Not a whole lot. So already a new command. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And then it ends by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So the first thing again is God is commanding us. He's saying, I'm giving you a command. And that's not something that we need to take lightly. I never really got this. I'm like, yeah, I love one another. God's telling me. God's not telling me. God's not asking me. God's not suggesting me to me. God is telling you. It's giving you a command. So I want you to turn to your neighbor, and I want you to tell your neighbor, I love you because God commanded me. Okay, now do it again. I love you because God commanded me. And now one final time. I love you because God commanded me. Not because I like you or because you're nice to me, because God commanded me. All right? Now I want you now going forward when you meet someone, especially somebody you do not like, to say that in your head. <laughs> Going forward for this week, just try for one week, and just say it in your head. I don't have to like you, but I love you because God commanded me to love you. <laughs> so God didn't create men to be alone, men and women. We cannot be alone in solitude. We need, God created us to love. Now, humans need to be in a community with one another. And the reason we know that is because one of, in prison, the worst thing they can do, other than the death penalty, 
is to put you in isolation. Solitary confinement. You're deprived of human touch. So already you know that God has made us as these creatures that when we're deprived of each other's love or touch, we wither away. I was listening to, to this morning on, 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 a, on a Bible channel uh, to someone who was calling in, and this was a homeless person in San Diego. And they were talking about how depressed they were and the tough time that they had fallen, how down on their luck they were. And so the I'm like, okay, I, I wanted to see what the response is going to be from the pastors. Uh, it's called pastor, Pastor's Perspective. And what they told the person was, guess what, what do you think they said? They said, do you have a church around you? Go to the church. Go to the church and talk to someone and get help and get support. So basically, this person is down and out. The solution is to go to a church and get in touch with people who lo to love you. Basically, love. It's just saying the solution to, for, your, for your ailment is love. Now, one of the greatest gifts that God has given us is each other. And we know that when a baby's born, we know the blessing that can be. So God created Eve for Adam. So what? So they can worship together. So they can worship God, but also so they can love each other. So again, love is just the way that we're created to be. Now, God also created us for three reasons. To have a loving relationship, but there's three parts of this loving relationship. We need to have a relationship with God upward, right? Connect to God directly. We need to then connect to nature. And then we need to connect with each other. We need to love each other. Now, it seems very simple, but think about it. When you connect with God, do you feel alive? You feel alive, right? When you connect to nature, what do you feel? So when you look at a sunset, what do you feel? When you go by a river, when you're, what do you feel when you're in nature, when you're communing with God in the morning? Don't you feel whole? I mean, you feel alive. God created us that way. That's why we feel that. We feel alive when we're connected to nature. So you don't have to, like, try to figure out all these people, oh, you know, I wonder who God is, and I wonder if God is real. You know God is real. You can feel God in nature. You can feel God when you talk to God. But guess what else? When I'm at church, I know God is real. When I'm worshiping, we know God is real. Can you feel the Holy Spirit? Did you feel the Holy Spirit? God created us that way, to love one another. That is key, central to who we are, is that love. Now let's look at the church. Jesus founded the church for many reasons. One of the reasons is because it helps us mature in our Christian daily walk. We see people who, we can, who can talk to us, who can support us, people who can love us, people who can give us counseling, guidance, role model, right? That's a really good reason for church. The other reason is to have that relationship with God. It helps us. We, can have, we have a relationship at home, individually, in solitude. But when we're worshiping, we're doing it together. And the Bible tells us that. 
When there's more than two of us, the Holy Spirit, I'm there. So that's the other. But the other reason is so that we can fellowship with each other. And again, for me, if I leave today and all I've done is worship, which is great, and I've listened to the word, but then I don't really say hi to anyone, I don't fellowship, don't you feel a little empty? Don't you feel like something's missing? I know for me, if I don't give you a hug, you know, a lateral hug for the ladies and a frontal hug for the guys, if I don't do that, I just feel like I missed out on something. No matter how good that the word and the worship was, right? I like the whole complete thing is you need to connect with each other. You need to love each other. And so church helps you do that. Now, church also can give us a picture of what heaven is supposed to look like. So the church is supposed to be what? A place where your brothers and sisters in Christ, you come together and you're supposed to support each other. You're supposed to love each other. Now, do our churches, uh, do church really, a lot of times does it operate that way? Well, we kind of support each other. Uh, we kind of, we do pray together. Do we love each other? We do, but not the way, not as, not as deeply as, as Jesus calls us to. Like church, the true church, the true picture, we have a long way to get there. So let's just think about that. Now, why do we need to love one another? One, the Bible tells us that when we love one another, God is glorified in our lives because we learn the importance of other people. God wants us, again, to do life together. Loving one another is how we glorify God. Now, what happens when you love one another? You, all of a sudden, you prioritize that person's needs over your needs, right? Right? You also, when you love one another the way God wants you to love another, you're, you're, you're committing yourself to following Jesus Christ even when you don't like that person. So it's easy to be with people who you like, but it is not easy to be with someone who you do not like. And I know for me, I'm like, I just, you know, I just, I'm beginning to get this passage because I'm like, gosh, I, you know, Lord, I got 20 people I really, really like and I love what, this one person. Like, why are they in my life? Can you just take that one person out of my life, please, Lord? And I promise to be good? Well, I think the purpose why God puts these difficult people in your life is so that he can teach you about Jesus' love. He wants you to teach, he wants you to learn how Jesus loved us. And I know that when I... When I begin to love, understand this, I begin to see, you know what? That person is there to teach me something. And what I found out sometimes, when you open yourself up to that, those people, there's always more than one, right? M many people. You find out that, wow, you begin to change. You begin to love. You begin to feel different about that person. Sometimes you may not always like that person, but you begin to really appreciate that that's another creature created by God. And you be really begin to appreciate that person and learn what, okay, this is what God was trying to teach me. And your love grows. Now, Jesus, he loved us when we're still sinners. Jesus came down, gave his life. And he, he didn't have to do that. And we, before the blood was shed and we were all sinners, he 
gave his life. Jesus stretched himself on that cross. No one took his life, right? Jesus was enforced. Even early on when he was doing miracles and people wanted to proclaim him as king, Jesus said, my time is not now. And same, the other way also worked. When they tried to take him to the cross, he walked to the cross. Nobody forced him. He was sinless, but he loved you so much that he laid himself on that cross so that you could be righteous in front of God, so that you would be able to stand in front of God and share with him. That is the love that Jesus has for you and for me. That's the love that Jesus is talking about, God is talking about in the Bible. When I command you to love, that's how I want you to love. And this is the thing about when you love each other, this supernatural power that is released. And this is the thing. When you give love, when you're loving someone, you're giving God's love to that person, are you out of love? Do you run out of love? No, because when you give love, God is love. And more important than that, God is infinite love. You can't run out of God's love. So the more you give it, the more you get it back. And that to me is, I mean, think about it. The more you give it, the more you get it back. It's like, and, and I think women know this more than men because women have the ability to give life. So they, they have this connection to life and another person. So when you give love to that baby, aren't you getting that love back? Sometimes I feel like <laughs> I'm loving the baby, not for the baby. I'm just loving because I want to feel that love. So it's that, that's the way God's love works. So again, the more you feel God's love, that's the more love you're getting back. Now, how are we supposed to love? That's the thing. Okay, we're talking about love, but how am I supposed to love my brothers and my sisters? So if we look, Paul tells us in Romans 12, he shows us, this is what love looks like in action. Uh, don't think that you're better than who you really are. How many people here, you know, have this false humility. Oh, you know, I'm okay. Oh, I'm not that great. I mean, think about it. Do you really think you're not that great? Do you, are, you really that, are you really humble? Or are you just trying to be humble? Don't just pretend to love another. Actually, love them. So again, don't just say, I love you. Love them through your actions. Show that you love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other genuinely. Take delight in honoring each other. So enjoy each other's company. Never be lazy, but work hard. So that means don't be lazy. What does that mean? Don't be lazy at work. Don't be lazy at church. Don't be lazy at home. So husbands, when you go home, you had a hard day's work. Maybe you're the only one. Maybe you're the only one that works. Most, nowadays, both people work. But if you are the only one that works, don't just go home and put your feet up and say, I'm done. Wash some dishes. Do the laundry. Do some cooking. Bring home the food. That's showing love through your actions. At church, volunteer. Listen to people. Really care about them. Don't just say, hey, how you doing? Okay, next. Really engage. What's that sister and brother going through? Do they, need, do they need you to listen? Do they need your help? Do they need your advice? So 
Don't be lazy. Work hard. Serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our constant hope. Be patient in trouble and keep praying. Okay, this is a big one for me. What I'm learning this year is that we always have problems, right? Do you have problems at home, at work, at church? There's problems everywhere. Problems, that's just life. What I'm learning is, I used to think I'm going to work really hard so I can solve my problems. I don't have the ability to solve my problems. God solves your problems. And when you let God take over, now that doesn't mean you do nothing, but you realize your limitations and you pray. So when God takes over, that's when things happen that I was like, whoa, I never saw that one coming. So I'm learning, let's just, let, let me be patient and let, give God time and space because God's going to do things on his time. So be patient because it doesn't help if you're not anyway because you, you can't fix your problems. God, only God can fix them. So just be patient and be faithful. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Amen. I got an amen up there. Okay. <laughs> uh, bless those who persecute them and don't curse them. Okay, that's a hard one too for me. So if somebody's really coming after you, you're supposed to say, oh, I love you. Oh, I mean, how many of us can do that? I, I can't. It's really, really hard. Somebody's coming at me. What's my natural response? Uh, defend yourself. Attack. Fight back. That's just a natural response. God is saying, don't do that. Turn the other cheek. That's love in action. Can you turn that cheek? Can you let that person slap you and then say, okay, I love you anyways? That's how much God loved us. I mean, we spat on Jesus. We nailed them to a cross. And what did he say? He said, Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Wow. Can you say that? Somebody's nailing to a cross. Are you going to say that? And, you, and you're innocent? And you're innocent? And look at what these people are doing to me? And be like, God, what's going on? Jesus didn't do that. He said, Lord, forgive them. So be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who, are weep, uh, who weep and mourn with those who are mourning. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be proud. To, uh, don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. Don't think you're better than anyone because at the end of the day, we come in naked. We go out. Well, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, you go out um, with your spirit only. The body's left behind. So no one is better than anyone. God created all of us the same. My brother, you know, he caught uh, meningitis growing up, so he slowly started losing his faculty. Um, he never, uh, he lost his hearing and then slowly started losing his mental faculty. But I always saw a complete human being in my brother. I never saw him as a piece of a person. He was complete. He was, whole, he was created by God. He couldn't hear, okay, he couldn't speak, okay. But he had a spirit, he had a heart, he was a whole person. No one here is better than anyone. No one. Don't think you know it all. Okay, that's a hard one for me. Um, some of us, right? I mean, especially my 14-year-old. When you're 14, I don't know. You just know everything. <laughs> here, young lady, what do you, do you know a lot? 
Aaliyah, yes? Uh-huh. You know more than uh, your parents? No? Okay, well, do you feel that way at times? Do you feel like sometimes you know more than them? A little bit, yeah. See? But you know what? She's honest about it. You, me, we're not honest. We feel that way. We're just old, so now we know how to talk and we know how to... But we feel that way. A child is just pure and honest. They'll tell you what it is. So don't forget, we're still children. Those feelings are still there. You could be 30, 40, 50, 60, 70. You're still feeling that way. So do all you can to live in peace with everyone. Never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. Don't take revenge. Because when you are always thinking about getting back to that person, evil thoughts, throwing evil thoughts, or having evil thoughts about that person, who are you hurting? Are you hurting that person? You know, our, pa our senior pastor, Dr. Lincoln, tells us every time, yeah, that person is happy. They, they have no clue what you're thinking about or suffering. So that poisonous thought is only impacting yourself. It's your life that you're shortening. It's your life that's being impacted by that poison. So take that poison out. Let God have his righteous revenge. If your enemy is hungry, feed them. If you're thirsty, if they're thirsty, give them something to drink. So what should we do here as the, the dwelling place, as the church? What do, what do we need to do? Let's, this is my challenge to everybody here. Let's love one another the best way we can. So the way you love your son and your daughter and your, and your parents, the way you love those siblings, I want you to love each other that way. So when I have a, a spat with my sister, we could be going at it, right? But guess what happens the next day? It's all forgiven. Now, if I have a spat with somebody who's not my sister, my brother, guess what happens? <clears throat> I hate them. <sighs> it's just like a month later, you're like, <sighs> and you, but if you have the love that Jesus is saying to have, if you, if you really see that person as your sister and as your brother, that's going to blow over. And that's what Jesus is saying. That just love each other. Don't let anything divide you. Don't hold any grudges. Let it go. We're all humans. We're all imperfect. So Jesus says, By this should all men know that you are my disciples, to love one another. If the love for God is real and the love... Uh, and, you, and you love God in your heart, if that's real, then guess what the Bible says? You don't have to do anything. You don't have to tell me because I'm going to see that by the way you love other people. So if the love in your heart is real, we will, we will know. So the dwelling place, if we learn how to love each other, people will see that. When the visitors come through that door, the best testimony that someone can give the dwelling place is to say, and Dr. Lincoln says it all the time, is, boy, man, those are some loving people. And they do. When folks come here and we have those spiritual retreats, the first thing they say is, wow, they really serve us. They really love us. That's, they're experiencing God's love through us. That's the best testimony that we can, that somebody can give us. So love one another again by sacrificing for one another. Love is not going to mean it's going to be easy and you're going to like it. No. 
love when you let when children I love my children they're 14 and 16 right now and um, does it mean I'm always liking what they do no but I love them nonetheless is it easy? No. Every day I go home, woof, what a hard day at work. I get home, it's like, ooh, I need to go back to work. Oh, man. <laughs> right? I mean, you go back home, you think it's going to be easy. It's not easy. So for those, again, for those spouses who don't work and the one who does work, don't think they're having a picnic and they, you know, every day at home. Mm-mm. You're the one that has the easier job, believe it or not. So lay down your life before the Lord and if we're Christians, we already did that. We laid down our life at the cross. We gave our life to God. And now realize that when you did that, when you put your life down and you accepted Jesus, guess what that blood of Jesus did for you? It gave you a new creation. So now that you're a new creation, now that you have a new heart, let's use that heart, that new heart, to love one another the way Jesus loved us. Okay, so now what I want to do, this, is the, uh, this concludes the message piece. So today's the first Sunday of the month, so I'm going to ask um, our pastors and elders and ushers to come up, please, so that we can set up uh, the elements. We're going to pray over the elements. Um, Pastor Paul is going to grace us by praying over the elements. And then I want to remain seated. Once we're done with praying, then we're going to ask you to come up. Um, so, Pastor Paul. Father God, let us come humbly before you at this time um, as we receive the communion. Jesus, we receive the bread and the wine. Let us recognize that you paid such a high price that you did not owe. You shed your precious blood so that we might be saved. Righteous Father, let that sink deep into our hearts and make us grateful for the cost your dear son Jesus paid. As we gaze upon your beauty, Jesus, let us receive the bread and the wine with humility. By your own precious blood and life. So we ask your blessing on our communion, Lord. In Jesus, amen. So now we're going to close out in prayer. Uh, I'm going to start the prayer, and Pastor Paul is going to uh, conclude. So come, Holy Spirit. Show us how to be a living sacrifice in our daily walk as Christians. Show us how to love the way you loved us with no limits. Show us how to love with no boundaries. Show us how to love with no conditions. Show us how to love as you have commanded us to love in John 13. Show us how we're supposed to be a living sacrifice to honor your love for us. Show us how we're supposed to love one another in order to glorify your most high and worthy name.